0: going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home Beltron!" That's why I'm telling everyone about the 40 hour work week with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one, and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too but that was just the beginning. In her membership, the 40 hour work week, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive work day and then go home. Angela helps teachers find on average, 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching to create the 40-hour work week for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40-hour week and get your time back. Coach, are you feeling like your teachers are just not interested in your support? Have you struggled to get into classrooms and impact positive change? Do your teachers turn the other way when they see you coming and put you off over and over again when you offer to visit their classrooms? so many coaches face these problems and they all revolve around one thing, the culture of coaching. If your school doesn't have a coaching culture, it can feel like you're bending over backwards to please everyone while actually accomplishing nothing. This summer, my favorite annual event, the Simply Coaching Summit, is all about building a coaching culture at your school. This online conference for instructional coaches is on July 11th, 12th, and 13th, and it will give you everything you need to change your school one step at a time. The summit is three days of keynote live workshops, pre-recorded sessions, and live meetups. I'm giving a keynote about how getting curious can change the culture of your school, but there is so much more to the summit that you have to see it for yourself. Head to buzzingwithmsbcom slash summit to save your spot. The best part is that you have six months to watch the videos. So if your summer plans didn't include some cozy PD at home on the couch, you can watch them when you're back to school. See you at the summit 2022. Hey coaches, and welcome to episode 97. This is the second part in our series about so much to do, so little time. In the last episode, I shared ideas about when it is good to say no. I know it's hard to say no coach, but you have to prioritize your time and that's the only way you're going to survive in this job. (laughs) So last time we talked about saying no, today we're going to talk about conquering your chaos. My guest today is Kiera from Miss Unconventional on Instagram. Kiera is a productivity coach, and I know firsthand that productivity and time management are enormous challenges for instructional coaches. We are asked to do too many things and given too little time to do it. And so I really thought it would be helpful to bring Kiera on today to talk a little bit about how to conquer the chaos that is our coaching life. I've been following Kiera on her IG account for a while now, and I love the information she shares there, so I know that you would too. So coaches, help me welcome Kira to the podcast. Welcome, Kiera. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Chrissy. I, I appreciate you.
0: Oh, I appreciate you being here and taking the time to meet with us. Um, I know you. that, that you're busy and schedules are tough, so I really do appreciate that you took the time out of your busy day to help us talk about how we can survive our busy days. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. This is my zone of genius. I love this stuff. Oh, I, I geek out over it. That's good because we need some genius right now. (laughs) I got you. I got you. Okay, good. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit talk a little bit about who you are, how you ended up, you know, doing what you do and what kind of work you focus on? Absolutely. So I'm a productivity and lifestyle design strategist. And basically what that means is I
1: help coaches and corporate professionals conquer their chaotic schedules, reclaim, I call it reclaim their tea. So their time, energy, and attention, I help them guarantee their goals and become productive bosses without having to sacrifice their self-care, right? Like that's the, that's the key part there because a lot of people, when they hear productivity, self-care somehow just does not make the cut, but I weave self-care into the fabric of my coaching and so really at the core it's about helping these individuals um, figure out the right things to do at the right time for the right
0: reasons right so that's what I do that's what I love and that's who I serve that would be amazing if you could help us figure that out because you know as instructional coaches they And and many of my listeners are coaches or school leaders, principals, admin. Um, I mean, the school environment does have consistent elements in it and coaches can control parts of their day, but not usually the whole day. So we're booked for some things that are out of our control. And then we have these chunks of time that you're like, okay, I have an hour. What do I do with my hour? (laughs) Right. Right. So if, for example, if I only have control over maybe two or three parts of my own work schedule, could I still do things to feel in control of my life? Like, like my time is not just being squandered. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because even as
1: an instructional coach, as a teacher, as a principal, there are core duties that you are being paid to complete, right? Mm-hmm. Or that you're being pl- paid to do. And there's like a, a specific job description where every single day you show up and you know that you have to fulfill an element of that job description. So really getting down to what are my needle moving tasks? What mm-hmm. things do I need to do that if these things do not get done, it literally leaves leads to chaos everywhere else right that's how you can really identify what those needle I call it the needle moving tasks are they're those tasks that only you can do right they require your specific zone of genius you can't delegate them to someone else you can't automate them in some way and you can't defer them Uh, you won't you wouldn't be able to defer them to a later date because then they'd be a shallow task not a needle moving task so you have to ask yourself What are those tasks that I need to do that I can't put off because if I put off, it's going to make my life a living hell.
0: (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, that's the struggle is, is what you're talking about is really identifying what's essential. Like what is essential for your job in terms of you've got like a hundred things on your to-do list, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have an idea of what you absolutely must do, like you talked about needle moving tasks, Mm -hmm. if you don't know where to start, you're just every day, you're just going to be marking things off your list as if they're all the same value.
1: Yes, and here's what I, I find, and maybe we're gonna get to this later, but I wanna um, talk about it here because I think it, it, it helps the, a lot of things that I see when it comes to like the, the school industry, when it comes mm-hmm. to the instructional coaches, the teachers and all that, one of the things that I notice is that they're being pulled in different directions. There's a lack of boundaries. Everyone just mm-hmm. has like a lack of boundaries or a lack of respect for other people's boundaries. Yes, both. I don't yeah. want to like, I don't want to like, you know, drag anyone or, ba- or make any fun. Oh no. We it. talk
0: about that all the time. None of us have boundaries. You're right. You're right. You got it. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. I
1: wanted to make sure because like, I don't want to be attacked, attacked. but I have to call it out because Mm -hmm. this is what these lack of boundaries. When you allow like other people to impose their emergencies or their agenda on you, Mm -hmm. it clouds your judgment about what's important for you because all of a sudden you're feeling the anxiety over their issue. It is not even, that's not even your lane. That's not even your needle moving task. You still Mm -hmm. have to get yourself done. So until um Um, Coaches and teachers and principals start establishing where their boundaries are and what their needle moving tasks are within their lane and say, hey, during these hours, I have to do these essential things. Mm -hmm. And then after at these times, I can help you. I can address you until you all are able to say that to each other without feeling guilty or bad or feeling like it's insubordinate in some way. Until that becomes a part of the culture, it's going to be very difficult to sort of conquer your chaos, so to speak.
0: Yes. That's such a good point. And, and that's, I did a, um, in February, two months ago, I did a whole month about matters of the heart. And one of those was about, you know, setting boundaries and giving yourself the, like giving yourself permission to say, this is what I'm going to work. This is what I'm not. This is how I'm going to draw a line around this time. Um, but it is, it's so hard. We keep talking about it because we're just so bad at it. So we keep trying yeah. to <laughs> remind ourselves it's okay. And it's not only okay. It's the only way that you're going to be successful and productive in your work. Um, but it's hard when you're a coach, you serve people. And so right. you feel like you're always trying to serve people, but if you're serving mm-hmm. Individual people, then you're not always serving the whole organization Absolutely. necessarily. And some people will really like having someone to serve them. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly,
1: exactly. And 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 I just want to touch on that really quick, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. No, please <laughs> do. When we're serving others it's really, especially, man, especially school teachers and coaches and things like that. And even people in like the medical industry, they serve, 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 right? They're constantly pouring, Mm -hmm. constantly pouring. And then they fail to fill their cup back up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's so important to make sure you're not like, pouring from an empty cup. And I know that it sounds like, oh, yeah, Kiara, that's like easy for you to say. You're not a teacher. I, I used to be. I used to be an educator um, and, uh, abroad. So I know I not only had, you know, mm-hmm. to deal with teaching different levels and everything, but I had to deal with cultural differences and right. things like that. So I really feel you all and I understand and I can empathize. And what I would say is you have to find, you have to carve out that time outside of work to really fill
0: your cup back up or you're going to grow resentful of the work that you do and what you do is so incredibly important. That is such a good point. Yes. And and you're right. We we talk all the time about how we can't pour from an empty cup, but we we don't really take the time to fill back up before we pour into somebody else. (laughs) And after a while, you just you just can't do it. I, I know I get really grumpy.
1: Um, yeah, irritable. That's my thing. Whenever yeah. I am
0: just worn out and tired of of dealing with everybody, I am super irritable, and that's yeah. You can't be a good coach when everything anyone says, you know, ticks you off. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So one area that coaches really struggle in, aside from boundaries, and but actually, it's kind of all part part and parcel, is um, clarity, clarity mm. in their role and in their purpose. So mm. could you talk a little bit about clarity and how that impacts productivity? Absolutely. So, you know, I
1: have my, uh, one of my productivity personas is no clarity, Kara. Yes, I love that. (laughs) God bless her. That's my homegirl. I love her to death. But the thing that she struggles with most is feeling like, you know, she really doesn't know what she should be, she should be doing at any Mm -hmm. given time, right? And here's the thing about lacking clarity. When you lack clarity, you, how can I say this? You basically start to make decisions that are out of alignment with your three P's. I call it the three P's, your personality, your passions, and your purpose. Mm-hmm. When you lack clarity, like on a visceral level, you start to make these decisions that just are not aligned mm-hmm. because you don't really know what the main thing is. And so the way to do that is to step back, step out of the, the, um step out of the day to day for just a minute and look at your life and your business and your or your role. I'm sorry, I'm so used to talking to business owners. right? <laughs> um, but step out because it, it still applies no matter who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. You can step out of your role and look at it from a bird's eye view. And ask yourself, okay, what's what's the purpose here? What have I been called here to do, right? What do they expect of me? And I understand that you all, there's other expectations that just pull you in different directions, but no, at the core, when they pay you, what was that check for? Mm-hmm. And you really have to break that down and get clarity on that. And then ask yourself, okay, am I sure this is what I want to do? Is this in alignment with my overall purpose? If it mm-hmm. is. Um, then you need to break down like what you need to do in order to fulfill that purpose and be in alignment with that purpose every single day. I know it sounds, um, I know it sounds kind of simplistic, but it really is that much. And, And a lot of people who are lacking clarity, maybe it's because what they are currently doing is just not hitting anymore. Like it's just not feeling aligned and that's okay too. You know, if there are people who are listening who are in that you know, are in that situation, where they just can't seem to get excited anymore. You know, you have to ask yourself the hard question, well, why is that? And when I was excited about going to work, when I was excited about doing what I do, why was that? What was I feeling? What was going on? Mm -hmm. What things were happening then that are maybe not happening now? right? We have to start asking ourselves these hard questions in order to get the clarity so
0: that we can start making more aligned decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, coaches tend to be pulled in directions that pull them out of classrooms, but the main work, the, the heart of coaching work happens in classrooms. When you work with teachers in their classroom, that's when you see an impact. Right. And that's okay. usually the way people's jobs are defined on paper, but then in reality, administrators give you 800 other tasks to do that don't match the that role. Right. And they just expect Mm -hmm. it all to magically happen Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't have kids. You don't have, well, you don't, when I say that, I mean, you don't have students, you don't have a class of students. So Mm -hmm. when you don't have your own class, they're like, oh, you're a spare person. So you can do all of these tasks because teachers have classes of kids and you don't, but then Mm -hmm. those teachers were your kids (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now you're not serving them anymore. So getting clarity. Yeah. For yourself with your administration, having a, you know, a sit down and, and an honest talk about where your time is really going is so important. And then saying, well, what do you really see me doing here? Because this is all the stuff you asked me to do, but that's not what's what you're telling me on paper that I should be doing. That's it. That's
1: it. And you also have, yeah. So that's a hard conversation to have, right? Because so many people are, especially in the school industry, they're not used to, you know, having that sort of conversation they you, you're used to like giving a person that list of that long list of things to do. And then them just doing it and being, you know, a- annoyed about it in private, right. not to your face, right. right? Like, let's be real. Let's be 100% yes. honest that nobody's going to say, okay, let me look at this list. Hmm. Capacity check. I don't have the capacity to get all of these things done mm-hmm. um, respectfully. Uh, right. But what would you like me to deprioritize or what would you like me to prioritize for today? Choose mm-hmm. three and I'll make sure I get them done for you. That's what I have the capacity to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and that might sound aggressive guys. I'm a Leo <laughs> All right. Enneagram seven with eight. So I am like very comfortable with healthy confrontation. So mm-hmm. in, if I was in your school, I probably, get fired. I would probably get fired, but no, they shouldn't fire me because it would just be me being honest mm-hmm. about what's realistic in terms of what I can get done in a day. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if everyone banded together, and had that same energy when given when being given these long list of things to do, if everyone banded together and had the ex- exact same response, maybe then maybe they would start to understand that giving someone these long lists of to-dos when they only have eight hours of work, half of which are spent with kids, the other um, mm-hmm. two are prepping, then they will understand what capacity means and mm-hmm. why it is not possible to
0: get everything done. Yes, that's so true. I'm so glad that you brought up the Enneagram too. I have an episode about the Enneagram for instructional coaches (laughs) where I talked to Myrna of Ennea Health. um, And I'm an, I'm a, I'm an Enneagram one with a wing two. And so I think that how they get us, (laughs) is they make it seem like a moral imperative. That's how Mm -hmm. I I am stuck. Like if I feel like, well, morally, this is something I have to do. That's, that's how I get trapped, you know, in feeling like, well, this is the right thing to do. Therefore I must find a way to do it no matter what Um, I sacrifice. And that's just unreal, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, They're playing on your emotions. They know hmm. that. And honestly, you being there is moral. Okay. It's a moral (laughs) job. Don't listen, don't let them sell you (laughs) this narrative what you you being there and in the role that you're currently in is a moral thing so every you don't need to you don't need to kind of like just abandon your your mental health and self-care in pursuit of their their agenda and their mission half of that stuff they're giving you it's supposed to be done by them anyway that's often the case and I get like the
0: way real right that yeah I get that their plates are over full too and I'm not saying like say no to everything obviously but yeah there are things that it's just impossible to do and if if you don't push back and if they don't push back and if every level doesn't push back then things just keep getting dumped and dumped and dumped it you know well you know what rolls downhill Right. right, and you can train them. You can train them to have boundaries, so they're right. so they're not experiencing what they're experiencing,
1: which is causing them to impose their emergencies on you. That's like, right. no, maybe you should get some boundaries too. Let's talk about this, Barbara. Like, you know, like <laughs> I, I say, Barbara, because you know, no boundaries, Barbara is another one of my personas.
0: So. Okay, now that's what I was going to ask you about next because I love your productivity personas because they're so relatable. I think we all can identify in one yeah. of them. So, would you introduce the, all these personas to us so we can see who we identify with the most? Sure. Okay.
1: So I have my my first homegirl. I call her my homegirl. <laughs> no boundaries, Barbara. Okay. So no boundaries, Barbara. She has a, like a beautiful giving spirit, but her giving knows no bounds, Chrissy. Okay. Mm-hmm. She feels frustrated and overwhelmed with her lifestyle and her workload, and she just struggles to get the most important tasks done. You know. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, she has no she has no boundaries. She has no way of saying the hard things that we just talked about. She cannot like, you know, she has all these reasons why, oh, I can't say that. Oh, I can't tell him I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So she's constantly allowing other people's agendas and emergencies to take precedence over her needle moving task. And the truth is she's afraid of just, you know, being rude, cutting people off or making them feel like whatever they're asking her to do is not important. She doesn't, she doesn't want that feeling. And so I really want people who are identifying as no boundaries, Barbara, I really want them to understand that even the people who are requesting these things of you, I promise you they will understand when you start to have these conversations with them, because they are going to be, they are going to be like they're going to feel free to have these same conversations to people who are doing it to them likely. Right. So like, I just want you all, if you're feeling, if you're listening to what I'm saying about no boundaries, Barbara, and you're like, oh, that might be me. Like, (laughs) don't be afraid to start to set those boundaries because Mm -hmm. you might be liberating the person that you're setting the boundary with to start doing it in their life as well.
0: So So that's a nice way to feel better about the conversation. That's not, I'm, I'm modeling this for you right? (laughs) Let me model this for you. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So no clarity, Kara. Mm -hmm. So no clarity, Kara, she longs for purpose and the answer to life's most pressing question. Why am I here? Why do I do what I do? Okay. She's overwhelmed by all the ways that she can show up in life and in her career. And her lack of self-awareness means that she doesn't have like this grand vision for her life or career. And this is frustrating to her on a visceral level, level. And so to Kara, it feels like everyone has their, their life and, and, and profession figured out, except her. You know, she's constantly reading these like personal development books. She's listening to podcasts and investing in courses and programs, hoping it'll reveal the answers that she's looking for. Um, but again, like she just, she comes to a dead end. She, she emerges from these things empty handed because, or she only gets one piece of the puzzle, right? So I would say if you are listening to me describe no clarity Kara and you're like oh that might be me Mm -hmm. fear not (laughs) right like all of us have been no clarity Kara at one point or another we just have to like I said earlier when I was talking about her we have to start asking the right questions and the hard questions the deep questions Mm -hmm. you know what would bring me joy you know what am I doing what are the parts of what I do that bring me joy what are the parts that I don't like do I have control here Right. Or do I even want to be here? What is at the core? What are my three P's? My passions, my purpose, my personality really dive deep. This is where self-awareness becomes so important because when we lack self-awareness, like I said before, Mm -hmm. we end up making decisions out of alignment. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, next up we got no focus, Fiona, no focus. Fiona. <laughs> all right. That's my girl. Okay. So no focus. Fiona has a strong desire to be more productive with her time. She really does. Like, She just can't seem to get it together though, because she's all right. wearing all these hats. Like she's wearing what feels like a million hats right, and she's constantly distracted by her environment, and for no focus, Fiona, sometimes it's a neurochemical situation, right, like ADHD or something, but for the most part, for most people, it's more likely that it's a compilation of, you know, bad habits, a lack of discipline, right, so so obviously the people who do have that, uh, who are neurodivergent or have that neurochemical situation going on, there are other things at play, Mm-hmm. But they can, there are still ways that they can conquer, you know, this lack of focus. But, you know, back to Fiona, she falls victim to distractions like social media, Netflix binges, text messages, phones, phone calls, new hobbies, and her, like her most precious commodities, her time, energy and attention are constantly being wasted. Mm-hmm. And it's, and really, this is, this is um, one of the things that I feel like everybody everybody can relate to this because we all have those moments of unproductive uh seasons or those yeah we all have those like unproductive seasons in our life where we're just like you know what I don't feel like doing anything I am gonna sit here and and, and binge uh watch Netflix all day I am going to mm-hmm. sit here and serve social media and we start to you know grant ourselves permission to be no focus Fiona but When we are marinating in in this persona, when we're sitting in this persona and not doing what we have to do to figure out how we can move past it, we're letting other things pile up. And by the time we do get back to what we're supposed to be doing, honestly, like everything's so bad that we just Mm want to retreat back to back to that lack of focus, because to start focus, we won't even know where to begin because we let it get so bad. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm picturing like whenever you come back, even after like a vacation, and you're like, I'm just going to throw away everything that's on my desk and start over. That's what I picture. (laughs) Exactly. No, that's exactly it. Because
1: we get overwhelmed by the environment. Mm -hmm. We get overwhelmed. So, okay, next up is No Help Hallie. No Help Hallie. I love her to death. But that woman has what I call a superwoman complex. (laughs) She's a boss to a fault. And I didn't even know that that was like a thing before I met her. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you could be a boss to a fault. What is that? (laughs) I just thought it was like, you just boss, right? She she feels like if she doesn't do it herself, it won't get done or at all. And she struggles with relinquishing control. And this causes her to constantly operate outside of her zone of genius, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have certain like basic tasks. We're forced to take care of ourselves, But but no help. Hallie has trouble asking for and accepting help when it's offered. So this leaves her with like very little time, energy, and attention to focus on her needle moving zone of genius task. And really, if Hallie were just to trust people just a little bit, she could get some help, right? Mm -hmm. And she could stop operating outside of her zone of genius because that's where she's spending most of her time. And and it's because she won't let anybody help her because she feels like she, she has to do it a certain way. Think about it. Chrissy, you're a mom, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So think about how you like things done. I want you to think about how you like the dishwasher stacked or like, so imagine you, you know, if your, your kids tried to help, but they're do they're loading that dishwasher all wrong. You know, you know, it just, just, just. I love you, but thank you, but no, like and you go back <laughs> and you, and you, you fix it and you do it the way that you want it to be done. Right. So I, you know, I don't know, maybe that's not a good example, but I'm just trying to give an example of like someone who just really wants to control the way that everything is done. Even if that thing is not necessarily in inside their zone of genius.
0: Right. No, I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying. I'm not super picky when it comes to housework. <laughs> I'm a pretty much a type B when it comes to housework, but <laughs> when it comes to my work work, I am very particular. And it was a really hard lesson for me to learn to ask for help. So for a long time, this is who I was right now. I'm the no boundaries or not now, but over time I became the no boundaries, but I definitely started out as I had to control everything. Everything had to be um, ger- done a certain way or else it was not right. I was very concerned yeah. about it coming out wrong or, and I, and I didn't want my name on anything that wasn't going to be to a certain standard. And it was just really, <laughs> um, you know, stressful because you're right, you cannot do everything. And then there are some things that you're not even meant to do there. You don't need to do yeah. those things. You know, the day that I finally learned to ask for help <laughs> of of the parent, we have these amazing parents that would come in and make copies for the teachers. When I was a coach, when I was a teacher, we had not, we did not have those parents, but when I was a coach at a different school, they had this amazing group of parents that would make your copies. You would leave them a little note with a little stack and they would do it all for you. And the day that I learned to ask for help with that was like the best day of my coaching life, because there was no reason for them to pay me for an hour and a half to stand there and make copies for family night when the parents were volunteering to do it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was a huge transition for me.
1: And so that's that's great, and I'm glad that you got to experience that, and you got out of being a no help highly because truly mm-hmm. it's life changing. Mm-hmm. This one is a game changer if you can if you can get out of it. And then the last one, so no system Sandra. So <laughs> no system Sandra. She's a complicated individual. So mainly because she di- misdiagnoses the source of her frustration more than any other. You know any of my other homegirls. Uh-huh. She's the one who misdiagnoses the source of her frustration. So she's goal oriented and ambitious, but she has no systems in place to support her ambitions Mm -hmm. right so no consistent routines no self-care systems no professional or business related workflows nothing she's just winging it every single day and as a result she suffers from exhaustion her lack of systems often leads to burnout um, demotivation inconsistent or non-existent discipline and what kills me is that Sandra doesn't even know that it doesn't even have to be this hard Right. (laughs) Right? For her, though, the thought of setting aside all this time to put better systems in place to support her lifestyle and her profession sounds like a waste of time to her. Right. She doesn't realize how making time on the front end to set herself up for success will ultimately lead to copious amounts of time saved on
0: the back end. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. I've known people like this, that every time, every day is like a brand new day. It's like, they have no, that like, how did you do it before? I don't, I'm just going to start from scratch every time. It's like, oh my gosh, this is going to take us you know, years to get through this project whenever we should be able to get through it re- pretty quickly because it's not new. We've done mm-hmm. this before guys. Like, why are we acting like we've never seen this before? Yeah,
1: I hear you. And really with no system, Sandra, if you are listening to this and you're identifying with her, you're like, oh, I resonate with no system, Sandra Mm -hmm. on a visceral level. Really, I I encourage you to have like, I, I encourage everyone that they should have three systems. They should have a lifestyle, like lifestyle systems, a personal systems, a professional system, and then a self-care system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I put lifestyle and self-care separately because so many people just don't even include it. Mm-hmm. But like one, of the, I'll give you an example of some systems, some lifestyle systems that, okay, I, played, yes. that I played with. Um, so one of the things this uh, last year that I played with was like, um, I found that I was wasting two to three hours a day on prepping and eating food.
0: Mm-hmm. ordering
1: whether it was ordering it um getting like you know through DoorDash or something like that I just felt like there was so much time wasted so what I ended up doing was finding I think it was like was it HelloFresh or f- yeah it was HelloFresh not freshly whichever one mm-hmm. whichever one I, you don't have to make I think it was freshly I always get the yeah, HelloFresh
0: is you cook it they no, send no, no. you the stuff so and freshly. you
1: cook it Okay, Okay, sorry, freshly, I always get them mixed up because their branding is very, very similar too. But freshly, um, so they would deliver the meals that I selected to my house every Tuesday and I would have enough meals for the week Mm -hmm. for um, when I was working and I just didn't have time. I would pop those babies into the microwave for two, three minutes, eat and get back to work throughout Uh the week. And then I would just save eating out or doing all that fancy stuff like cooking (laughs) for the weekend. But just setting Mm -hmm. up that system, Just delegating that particular thing just for five days out of my week was a game changer. I saved about easy, like 15 hours a week, Mm -hmm. like easy. And so that was just one of the ways that I started, that I implemented, you know, a lifestyle sort of system in my life. And honestly, it's not more expensive been figuring it out on the fly when mm. you when you put the numbers side by side it's like actually figuring out on the fly not only costs you money but it costs you time and energy too so it wasn't worth it mm. um a self-care system that I put into place and I still have into place I have a non negotiable self-care day every single week that non-negotiable self-care day is Saturday I call it self-care Saturdays and I set up I'm like hey what would fill up my cup what do I enjoy doing so I'd wake up I'd sleep in a little bit I'd wake up I'd go to brunch mimosas you know have a whole experience and then I'd leave and I'd go to uh, we call it the Korean gym jobong which is a Korean day spa Mm-hmm. And I would spend, I would spend my time there in the different baths. I would go to the different saunas, do uh, massage and everything. And then later on in the evening, I like to have a fancy dinner, get dressed up, go out with my husband, you know, and it was like a whole thing. And this was consistent every Saturday. It was non-negotiable. You couldn't book, a, you couldn't book a coaching session with me, mm-hmm. social media. I was off of it. Like, and even if there was something big going on, like a launch or something, I would just make sure that if I absolutely had to work on a saturday i at least had an eight hour window of self-care like mm-hmm. a eight you know what i mean so like yes. from nine to five i was still doing that you know, So i would wake up early maybe work in the in the morning or something like that and then nine nine after uh, or ten after ten or something like that then i would get back to my self-care mm-hmm. but i always gave myself a full day every week and i know some people are probably listening is like girl i cannot do a full day every right. week <laughs> But you can, you can, you're just going to have to break some hearts in order to do it, (laughs) right? You're just going to have to set some boundaries in order to do it. And then then the professional system. So one of the things I started doing was I started identifying, um, I do a a monthly goal setting intensive with myself where I walk myself through the 10 steps of like uh, my goal alchemy formula. I do it, I teach, I coach my clients on it. But once I know what my goals are for the month, then I am able to break those down, right, into tasks. And so at the end of every night, I identify what my one to three needle moving tasks are for the next day. Mm -hmm. So I know um, that I need to get those core three things done. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, like, you know, doesn't matter when I get it done, as long as I get it done and I focus on that first. And what I do is after, when I wake up, after my gratitude practice or my prayer, I get the first one done. Because mind you, I wake up at 5 a.m. So if I pray everything and I and I practice my gratitude. And then right after I dive into my first needle moving task before mm-hmm. anyone else has the chance to wake up and and you know rain on my parade, right. then at least I feel good about getting that thing out the way before the day truly starts. Mm-hmm. And then I I re I reconvene with my morning routine and I go and then I go about my day and I start my day regular. But I always choose to get that first needle moving tasks done first before anybody wakes up. And then I, I start my morning routine again, and then I go into the day. So those are three examples of a professional, um, system, a lifestyle system and a self-care system.
0: Yeah. I like that. that You talked about just having the three things to focus on. That's, so in my co- my course for instructional coaches, I talk about the big three that you set like three things that you're going to accomplish and you look at the semester and then you break it down to the month and the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make sure that you're actually supporting those things. Because what happens mm-hmm. is we say, this is what we want to accomplish. And then we don't do anything to actually accomplish that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: That's very common. And mm-hmm. the reason is a lot of people set goals that are not very smart. And I mean the acronym SMART, specific, right. measurable, actionable, relevant, and timely, right? And so when you are setting goals that can't be measured and they just sound good and then they don't, they're not backed by a strong why, it is very, very easy to renege on those goals. And really goals are just promises we make to ourselves. So it's very easy to renege on our promises when, there's, when they lack specificity. Is
0: that the biggest mistake that people make with goal setting? Is it lacking specificity and not being able to, not uh, like immeasurable? Yes. So so that I would say that, yes, but also
1: there are a couple of more, a couple more mistakes people make. Mm -hmm. And one of those mistakes that I've seen is really not writing down your goal using the three P what I call the three P formula, which is writing them in the present tense, using positive language Mm -hmm. and, 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 um, having a proactive statement at the end. It's very different to be like, and I'm just going to use a weight loss, like example, because it's the easiest thing to, it's very easy to be like, I want to lose, 10 pounds mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's better if you say i am insert wait <laughs> go away let's <laughs> say i am 150 pounds by december 31st 2022 by practicing intermittent fasting six days a week and um completing the shaun T 25 workout mm-hmm. now that is a goal that I can break down into manageable tasks and steps. And I know exactly, I can share this goal with someone else and they can see exactly how I would get there. Oh, okay. If you wanted to lose 10 pounds um, and, and they're not going to, you know, they're going to say, oh, if you want to be this weight by this date and you're intermittent fasting six days out of the week and you're uh doing the t25 sean t workout which you know is like another version of insanity Mm -hmm. then they can see how how you can get it done but when you write down a goal that's like okay i want to lose 10 pounds you have no idea like like where you to even begin you start by like saying oh i'm going to eat right well what is eat right Mm -hmm. eat right is different for a lot of people Mm -hmm. oh i'm going to go to the gym okay what are you going to do when you get there like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Some people like they just get on the treadmill or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but have a plan right. when you get there. So at least with a program, if you're following something, then that program kind of holds you accountable because it's telling you what to do, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's one of the things. And then another mistake that I see people um, making with their goal setting is just having a weak why, right? So mm-hmm. like the, the, the why behind the goal is weak. And like Frederick Nietzsche uh, said, and I'm loosely quoting him, and I always do this because I can't say it as eloquently as he said it, but when your why, so your why needs to be strong enough to weather the struggles of the how. Your why needs to be strong enough to weather the struggles of the how, right? Because if we are setting goals, we know that, especially if they're lofty, if they're ambitious, if they're big, hairy, audacious goals, then we know that there's going to come a time where things are going to get a little rough on the, on the way to trying to achieve that. If your why is weak, then you're going to be like, you know what? It's not even worth it. I'll bow out. Let me go back over here where life was simple. Mm -hmm. But if your why is strong, then you'll keep going. It'll be that it'll be what you need to, to really channel your, that discipline
0: that you need to get it done. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend that like people write them and post them somewhere that they see every day? Is Mm -hmm. there like a routine that you like follow to review them or what does that look like?
1: Yeah. Okay. So you want to get into it? Girl, well, let's, hear it. Be, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. It's gonna be a full. Let me just tell you guys, Chrissy's asking some amazing questions. So you all are getting like a full on <laughs> masterclass. You're getting a masterclass because she's asking like perfect questions. So, <laughs> so I like to do my ten step. Um, my 10 step goal alchemy formula. That's what I call it, goal alchemy. And so it's a 10 step monthly goal setting intensive that I do, that my clients do. And it's one that I even share in my um, Lux Vision business boarding workshops and things like that. So the first step of this goal alchemy formula is to select a word of the month. So when you select the word of the month, you select a word that represents the gap between where you are right now and where you want to be by the end of the month, right? Okay. It has to be like, it has to be like sort of your core intention. So for example, my word of this month, January is optimized. Right. So I want to optimize. I'm I'm optimizing my business currently, and I'm putting systems in place for the new year. I'm making sure I have templates. I'm making sure that everything can be found by my VA with no issues. Like it's literally like I'm making sure that all of my social media accounts are updated. Like I'm optimized. I was not optimized at the beginning. By the end of January, I will have a full, like full, like well-oiled machine. Right. I like that okay
0: <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, so. I like that I love having a word people choose a word for the year and that's just like way too much for me because like <laughs> you know I'm like two months in I'm like what was my word it's just not it's the same word every year because I never accomplish it but a smaller yeah. you know target of a month I like that a lot that's more doable yeah and I don't worry
1: I do have a uh two words of the year this year is scale and collaboration but Mm -hmm. everything I do within the 12 months is going to lead to all of that right I can't scale unless I optimize
0: right absolutely that
1: makes sense so it's like it it still goes back to the core words Mm -hmm. of the year so um step two is write an affirmation using the word of the month and own it. So for me, like my words of the year last year were permission and power. So the affirmation was, I grant myself permission to step into my power, right? Like I was kind of shrinking last year, I was like, I didn't want to show, show up and show out. But there was just, you know, you see my personality, there's so much to give. And yes, I was kind of holding back. Yeah, no, you <laughs> got to put you. it out
0: there. You're like, you're joyful, yeah. you're excited, you're passionate. Those are all things people need.
1: Right. So thank you so much. And so I owned that and I started showing up and I started owning that affirmation and what was happening. I was getting booked. I think I got booked for 24 podcast interviews last year, right? Because I was like, you know, I'm going to step fully into this and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it guided me. So the three, so the step three is write your why. All right. So my why is the longer I wait to be who God has called me to be, the longer good people will suffer. And I can't have that, right? Like that's my why. That's why I show up every single day. The longer I wait to be who God has called me to be, the longer good people will suffer. I tell myself that all the time because that why will get me out of bed mm-hmm. when I don't feel like it. That why has gotten me to take at least do at least one task even when I'm not feeling well at all. You know what I mean? And it's not this toxic hustle thing anyway either it's literally just me showing up even just a little bit you know even when I'm not feeling well just to show that I I'm, I'm I'm here I'm all in step four you want to write a mantra that will help you sustain the motivation when things get rough and so my mantra has always been our deepest fear poem by Marianne Williamson I don't know if you if you uh know her our deepest yeah, fear. I don't know the poem Yeah, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is we are powerful beyond measure. That I I recite that. Yeah, I recite that. I figure if I said a couple of lines, you probably know because it's been in a lot of movies and things like that. But imagine reciting that poem every single morning in the mirror, like the whole thing. Like I've memorized it, like have been saying it for years now. And so that really helps me get through these rough patches. And then step number five is I set my three to five smart goals for the month. Right. Using that three P formula, writing them Mm -hmm. in present tense, writing them using positive language, no lose or anything like that. Like, no, no negative language, only positive language. And then I write a proactive statement so that anybody who's reading my goals will understand how I plan to get there, how Mm -hmm. I plan to close the gap. Right. And then I take it a step further in step six. And I turn those smart goals into gratitude statements. So I am so happy and grateful that I'm insert goal weight because I feel more energized um, during my day. I can actually have fun with my husband doing outdoor like adventures, Mm -hmm. something like that, right? I say how grateful I am for the thing that has not yet come to fruition, but I show faith. Right. And this is something you can do. Even if you don't believe in God, it doesn't matter what what you believe. You can still have like gratitude statements that you say every single morning that are part of your gratitude practice. And you don't have to say it to any being in specific. You just say it to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then step seven, I write an action statement for each of those goals. So it has to be an action statement where it's like, okay, this is how I'm going to take action towards this goal within the next 24 to 48 hours. Okay. What am I going to do? So this really is good. This is good because it sort of gets the ball rolling Mm
0: -hmm. for the
1: goals that you've just set. So, and then step eight is I create a monthly vision board and you guys, I'm not blowing smoke. You can go on my Instagram at miss unconventional underscore, and you can see my monthly uh, vision boards and my monthly goals that I've been Speaking on this like for a minute now this Mm -hmm. is what I do and I show people that I do it every month because I don't want people to think oh she just came up with this and it sounds good but in in reality that's not how it works no I do this every single month I have a strategy session with myself where I do this right so step eight is creating that monthly vision board where every single goal that I had um, that I set is represented visually on that board. So it's like a smaller version of the big one that I pro- that I made in the beginning of the year my lux vision, but it keeps me going. So I'll put that as like my screensaver on my phone just to make sure I re- remember what the goal is for the month. I keep it front and center, right? Step 9 is I select an accountability partner, right? Somebody who is either on this, on a similar journey as me, they don't have to be in the same field that I'm in or anything like that, but they have to be ambitious too. They have to be working towards their own goals as well. And they have to, you know, understand the, the power of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you've read uh, Gretchen Rubin's, the four tendencies, then you know that the majority of us have personality types where we have to be accountable to other people in order to not renege on our promises that we Mm -hmm. make to ourselves. (laughs) So I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. And so then step 10 is all about, setting up those check-in dates okay so these are the this is the date and the time once a week that we are going to check in and we're going to commit to and actually committing to it and showing up and not making excuses as to why you are leaving your accountability partner hanging and so when you do all 10 of these steps selecting a word of the month writing an affirmation using that word in a sentence and owning it writing your why writing a mantra or reciting a mantra setting your three to five goals turning those goals into gratitude statements turning those gratitude it's an action statements, creating the monthly vision board, selecting a accountability partner and committing to the time that you're going to check in. When you do that, you can't, you guarantee your goals, you guarantee your goals. And I'm not just saying that because the alliteration is fire. You really do. There's no way you can lose.
0: I feel like I need to go back like right now and replay all of that and write it all down. <laughs> it Absolutely. Down. Oh my gosh. That is so great. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like you've already shared a lot about it, but how important (laughs) is goal setting when we're thinking about conquering chaos? I mean, it sounds like it's, if without it, it's just, you are going to be living in chaos no matter what, (laughs) you know, it's a non,
1: it's a non-negotiable, it's a non-negotiable, not only to set goals, but to set goals with this level of intention. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like at the end of each month, let's say the 28th of every month. Mm -hmm. Coming together and say, I'm going to spend the next 90 minutes to two hours having this monthly goal setting intensive with myself, having this goal alchemy session with myself or this strategy session with myself. I'm going to give myself these two hours to set myself up for the rest of this for the next month. When you commit to that and you set goals that can be measured that are within that are, you know, they're, they're audacious, right? but they're relevant and they're realistic. Mm -hmm. You've, you've given it real thought, you know what I'm saying? And it's going to move you closer. It's going to move you towards that bigger vision that you set in the beginning of the year. I mean, you can't, you can't fail. It's absolutely
0: non-negotiable. Yeah. I love all of that. That is so great. Um, so as coaches are, are kind of working through their day and they're starting to try to kind of evaluate, am I being productive? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, is my life mm-hmm. in control? Like, am I, am I really spending time where I want to? What are some reflective questions that we can ask ourselves about this? Hmm. So you can
1: ask yourself, th- this is a great question. I love this question because it's really all about self-awareness to understanding mm-hmm. when you're, you, you would have to actually be aware that you're not really fully showing up right Right. you have to make that you have to have that awareness and then ask the question okay what is it and we've talked about this actually before what is it that I need to be doing that if it does not get done Mm -hmm. a whole lot of things are going to it's going to disrupt a whole lot in my life right or in my uh, career so you have to start asking those questions what is it that you've really been called to do at work or even at home, and so asking yourself, "What do I have control over?" and then taking control over that. A lot of mm-hmm. us, we we were Not only do we not have control over certain parts of our day, but then we relinquish control over the parts that we do have too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have to. You now that we know that there are certain parts of your day that literally are just out of your control. Cool. You you've ma- you make peace with the fact that that is woven into the fabric of the career you've chosen right make mm-hmm, peace right. with it cool now that we've made peace with it we go and analyze the parts of the day that are in our control and then we ask us okay this part of the day is in my control what can i do that's going to help set me up for the rest of the day the rest of the week the rest of the month and get those things done first and then if anyone tries to impose on that time that's for you that you have control over. You absolutely have to put your foot down and set a boundary and you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be rude. You don't even have to say it with the base in your voice that I have. You can be sweet. You know, I just think that, you know, when we, when we, uh, sort of sugarcoat or we, we try to speak with like niceties and like oh i just think it would be when you speak like that no one takes you no one takes you seriously they
0: keep pushing and,
1: yeah they mm-hmm. keep pushing and so you have to kind of be firm and i think with you know women in, in particular we do not do that but mm-hmm. we are okay when a man does it they can do it and we don't take it personally the mm-hmm. moment that women start doing it Right. It's like, oh, she's, she's having a rough day today. No, mm-hmm. I just set a boundary and you got to respect it. I'm not having a bad day. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Okay. Like I'm not having a bad day. I just want you to
0: respect the hours that are on the door. That's all. Mm-hmm. Love you to death. You know, Right. And that's, that's the thing in this field. It's, it's dominated by women. And well, I, I should say it's full of women, but it's not necessarily dominated by women. Maybe that's what, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a different way to say yeah. it. And so, yeah, it's been frowned upon to say, well, I, I, that's not something I can do. It's absolutely, um, considered, you're not, you're not in it for the right reasons. Teacher, like the whole teaching is a work of heart and teachers are in it for the, the outcome, not the income. Okay. But it is your job um, also, and you're allowed to get paid for your work. That is what everybody else, yeah. does, you know? So yeah, that, that ask kind of thing is people. Yeah. As the person who
1: said that, if they would still show up, if they know, if they stop getting paid, right. You if gotta stopped, eat. You, you got to have a place eat. to live. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right I deal exactly. with this even with entrepreneurs. They're like, I just, mm-hmm. I want that impact over income. And I'm like, I do too. Mm-hmm. But act the income sustains the mission, my friend. That's right. Because without it, you will not be able to impact others if you go
0: broke. That's okay. Right. There's a reason um, that you're not volunteering in schools that you, you went and got certified and you're a teacher or your coach or you're an administrator because mm-hmm. that is your career, you know, and you yes. can feel passionately about it and do really important work every day and mm-hmm. still value your time.
1: Absolutely, and Chrissy, if you want to bring me in to talk to all the ladies to let them know, hey, here are some scripts that you can say to each other, and I want you all to commit right now in front of me and in front of each other that you won't take it personally when someone says this to you. Right, like <laughs> you probably need a bad guy to come in from the outside and mm-hmm. give everybody permission. <laughs> People I think need permission. That's, that's I right. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. They just need permission from someone who has no skin in the game. Really That's to come right. in mm-hmm. and tell them because if they get permission from like, you know, they're calling, they're like, you know, it, it's they're not, it's not gonna be received the same way. Mm-hmm. You bring me in, I <laughs> let everybody know, listen, this is these are all the scripts you can use. I've checked them for um corporate, uh, what do they call it? Like uh pu- politically correctness okay yes <laughs> you're not going to get yourself in trouble with these right i'm like yeah like they can't fire you for saying these statements right. <laughs> so here you are I was like, and now commit now that you've read the statements now i want you to practice saying it to your partner <laughs>
0: Seriously. Yeah. And it is something you have to practice. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Or else when it comes out, like you said, you end up doubling back, you end up sugarcoating, you end up like softballing it and yes. trying to make it like land a little more softly and yes. you feel guilty. Like, oh, oh, how is this gonna go? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta exactly. practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's great well I may have to take you up on that we have a membership for uh, my friend Nicole Turner and I have a membership for instructional coaches mm-hmm. called coffee and coaching the membership and um, that might be a great place for you to give us a little chat about how to how to talk <laughs> I got
1: you girl I'll take all my sass and remove it and give you all just what you need I mean there might be some statements of what with, with a little sass for those who that's don't
0: right. get it on the first time but there you go. The- <laughs> It's like ABC, it's like a flow chart. If they don't get it after this time, then you move to this next level, right? (laughs) Exactly, that's it, that's it. So Um, if a coach is listening, I mean, I know there are lots of coaches listening and what is the first thing that they could do tomorrow to help conquer the chaos in their work? Take
1: control over their morning. So at least design your ideal morning because you do have control over the time before you get to school right like even if you have kids make sure that you wake up at least 30 minutes to an hour before they do so you can just kind of pour into yourself and do whatever it is that's going to be on that list of your ideal morning routine Mm -hmm. just start there just start there. Because I know I went over a lot, right? I share it with you all. Um, the productivity personas, we talked about systems, we talked about the monthly goal setting intensive, it's a lot. This is a masterclass, what we just said, mm-hmm. right? People pay me like two, three, four thousand $4,000 to get this exact masterclass, you know, with maybe a little bit more detail and like support supporting material, but still, you've got you've got this. I know that's overwhelming. Just start with the first part of your day mm-hmm. and then kind of work everything else that we've talked about into it. Maybe identify who you are in terms of the, are you no boundaries, Barbara? Are you no system right. Sandra? Are you no help? help how, figuring out which persona you identify with, which you can actually um, take the quiz, go to my Instagram at MissUnconventional underscore, or go to missunconventional.com and take the quiz to figure out who you are and mm-hmm. like the description and everything, get the profile Because then you can see what you need to stop doing. You might not have the full blueprint of like what to do, but you at least have an idea of what to stop doing. So Mm -hmm. do self-awareness and taking control over your morning retirement. Say those are the first two things.
0: Those are so good. Yeah, self-awareness is huge in everything. And I feel like we get stuck thinking, well, this is just the nature of the job, right? My yep. husband is in PR and communication mm-hmm. and he's frequently like, well, honey, that's just the nature of my job. I'm like, mm-hmm. and, I, and from my perspective, I can tell him very easily, well, this is what you need to do, right? It's very mm-hmm. easy that you need to tell your yeah. Thing, you to do this, you need to do this, you need to mark this time off. It's very easy. <gasps> But then, you know, whenever I was a coach on a campus, it was hard for me to do that myself, which I totally get, you know, why it's such yeah. a challenge. So yeah, I love that self-awareness is one of the things that we should focus on because you can't change what you don't even know is an issue. If you don't really like that you know part, is an issue, you can't change it. That part.
1: And mm-hmm. Chrissy, I just want to say that is the most dangerous statement. This is just the nature of the job. Mm-hmm. You are literally giving your, you're living, you're your giving people permission to do whatever it is they want you're chalking it up to something that you can't control mm-hmm. and you're just like relinquishing control even over the things that you do have control over and it's dangerous game because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is you're going to end up resenting the very thing that you that you love doing if you could chalk it up to just it being the nature of the job right. change the nature change the culture of what it is that you do it starts with you it starts with bringing in consultants right like you know I'm not trying to pitch us. I'm just saying like, it really <laughs> does it really really does because it who's going to who's going to really step up within it and do it and start telling people hey no 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 we need to normalize this narrative right here we need to normalize this way of speaking to each other and setting boundaries and getting things done and prioritization it's better to have an outsider come in and 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 set the tone that is why these companies these billion dollar corporations that is why they bring in very very expensive consultants mm-hmm. to tell them what to do because They have to change the culture or people are going to leave and that's going to cost them
0: more money. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, that's training. I mean, as an instructional coach, whenever we had high turnover, it made my job a hundred times harder Mm -hmm. because I had to retrain all the new teachers and get everybody kind of, you know, the same frame of mind, the same Mm -hmm. sort of culture. We're building a culture in school, but when you're losing a third of your people every year, you can't really establish a culture. So it's, it's so hard. So yeah, retention is super important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did an episode about teacher retention because. And back in a couple of months ago, because it's a huge issue that we're facing, especially this year, mm-hmm. so hard. And so I wouldn't want to minimize it and act like, oh, well, you can just change everything tomorrow. But there are certainly things that we can take with us from this that mm-hmm. will help us focus our work and feel like we're getting our job done, like actually yes. doing our job instead of letting our job just happen. Like hopefully it's working out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of floating around through our day. Um. So I do love that. I love everything that you shared today, and it's been so helpful. Um, How can people find you online or in the real world? You've mentioned your Instagram account.
1: Yes. So Instagram at Miss Unconventional underscore, that's M-I-S-S. And and then you can find me at my website, www.MissUnconventional.com. If you're interested in working with me, it's MissUnconventional.com forward slash services. So I'm here to serve you guys. I really am. And I just, I love what I do. I hope you can tell.
0: I am very,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am very passionate about empowering us to really take control over our most precious commodities, our time, our energy, and, and our attention, Mm -hmm. because time is that one thing that we can never get back. So we need to guard it. We need to guard it. And we need to make sure that we're doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons in the right way for us. Right. I love it.
0: Yes. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Holy cow, I hope you just grabbed a notebook and then you're going to go back and replay all of that because I feel like Kiara shared so much gold when it comes to productivity, focusing your work, maximizing the limited time that you do have to accomplish something important. It was just such good information. I know I'm going to go back and write down those 10 steps because I have some goals that I would like to accomplish um, that I am having a hard time getting my head around. And so I'm going to hopefully put those into action following those 10 steps. I I love the word of the month, such a great, great tool. So my, my next steps for you today, take action right away. It's really time to create clarity in your coaching role, because if you're not sure exactly what your role should be, Um, That's really probably why you're struggling so much with maximizing the actual time that you do have which I know is very limited. So it can look like setting goals for your work and figuring out where you need to spend your time. Uh, You can learn more about this in episode 24 smart goal setting and how to structure your time effectively and episode 48, Four meaningful things coaches need to make more make time for every week. In episode 63, I talked to Myrna of Ennea Health, and that's whenever we talked about the Enneagram for instructional coaches. And I really enjoyed our conversation about the different types of the Enneagram, and I really resonated with um, Enneagram one, wing two. So check that out if you're curious about what that is. And um, really think about how these tools can help you structure your days, get the most out of coaching and make the biggest impact. You can actually grab a um, free download on the site. I have a coaching menu for you. And what's perfect about the coaching menu is it has different tasks that coaches do, but you can kind of use that to help you define what your role should look like in action. And so that will help you also set your goals and write out a specific plan for accomplishing those goals. So you can grab that at www.buzzingwithmissb.com episode 97. That's episode, the word, and the number of nine, seven. Grab it there. Um, it's the coaching menu download. Next week, I am continuing this theme of so much to do, so little time. And I'm talking to Kendra Adachi, who is the lazy genius. I don't know if you followed the lazy genius on Instagram. I have followed her for a while now. And she just talks about, well, this is her her um, her little, um, I guess her catchphrase is something about how to be a genius at the things that matter and, uh, and lazy at the things that don't. And I love that idea because it means some things matter, some things don't matter as much. The stuff that do, does matter, we, we can be a genius at how we do it. The stuff that doesn't matter, we can just get it done, get it out of the way. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you're like me, it's hard to think that some things matter more than others. And the things that don't matter, you can just do them kind of in a you know an easier way. That's tricky to me. So I'm going to talk to Kendra about it next week. We're going to get some really good tips about how to be lazy about the things that don't matter. And uh, until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.